Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you've never given birth before, you may be wondering how to know if your labor is the real thing or just a warm-up round. Does loss of your mucus plug mean anything? What about a short contraction here and there? Can you be dilated one or two centimeters without being in labor? I'm Susan Melnico, a certified nurse midwife, and today we'll be discussing how to know if you're really in labor. This is Preggy Pals, episode 92. Um, is that a plus sign? Pink or blue? Hospital or home birth? What type of food should I be eating? I think I just peed myself. I'm pregnant. And I have to exercise? What pregnancy glow? Wait, was that a contraction? <laughs> Gotta make these pants fit! I've got kinkles! What do you mean there's more than one? You've got the symptoms, and now you've got the support you need for a happy nine months. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. Welcome to Preggy Pals, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Preggy Pals is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for expecting parents and those hoping to become pregnant. I'm your host, Annie Laird. Thanks to all of our loyal listeners who have joined the Preggy Pals Club. Our members get special episodes, bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. See our website for more information. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Preggy Pals app, available in the Android and iTunes Marketplace. Now, Sunny, our producer, is going to tell you a little bit more about our virtual panelist program. Hey, everybody. So if you're not located right here in beautiful, sunny San Diego, where we record our shows, you can still be part of them. You can join us on Facebook, so you can friend us, find our page, which is just Preggy Pals on Facebook. Um, if you are big Twitterers, you can also find us on Twitter at Preggy Pals. Actually, it's Preggy underscore Preggy Pals, because Preggy Pals was taken, believe it or not. And so you can also um, look for hashtag Preggy Pals VP, because we're going to be posting questions um, before we start recording our shows and even throughout our recordings of um, the same questions we're going to be asking panelists right here in the studio. And of course, we want everyone to be able to participate. We're going to read them on our show and then we're also going to select a winner that can win a free one month subscription to the Preggy Pals Club just for participating. So we hope to see you guys online. Great. Well, let's introduce ourselves, uh, Sunny and myself, uh, as you know, I think this topic is really applicable not only for first-time parents, of course, they're wondering of how do I know that I'm in labor, but even for our uh, our multips, our moms who have given birth many times before, uh, it's a different experience every time. Oh, uh, boy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so my name's Annie. I'm the host. I'm 35 years old. During the day, I am a contractor for the Navy. I teach sailors, and that's a lot of fun. On the weekends, I do preggy pals. So I don't have a due date. I think we're done with due dates for a while. I have three little <laughs> girls at home. I had a rough night last night. And so I you know, I told my husband as we were playing with the toddler at six in the morning that we were done, da done, done, done. We were done. We're done. Very done. So um but you know, each of my each of my three girls, like an eight year old, a toddler, and then a newborn. And each of the times I, I had that thought of how do I know that I'm in labor? Oh, I, yeah. You know, you don't know. So then yeah. over to you, Sonny. 
Yeah, so I'm a mommy of four. I have two little boys, Sayer and Urban. Sayer's my oldest. He is, gosh, almost three and a half. And Urban is, um, he's over 20 months. I think 21, 22. I'm, I'd have to do the math. And right now, mommy brain is working hard. So um, I'm not sure the exact age of him. Um, I do have, I don't know, Annie, are they newborns now? I mean, my girls. They're newborns. They they're in newborns? one to three. They're in zero to three zero month to closing. Three. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, my girls, um, I've got identical twins girls to round out my family. We are done after this. Um, and so they are two, about two and a half months old. And yeah, you're right. Like every time with all of them, I, I did um, wonder if I was in labor, if I was going to go into labor. Um, my second, my right, first. Because plant cesarean. Right. Yeah. So my first was um, a vaginal birth. Didn't know what to expect at all as far as going into labor was concerned. And then my second was a planned cesarean. I thought, well, am I going to go into labor before this, yeah. you know, C-section? It was planned two weeks prior right. to his due date. So that you wouldn't go and, into labor. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I wouldn't. But a lot of people ask me, they're like, well, why don't you still go into labor? I'm like, no, I, you know, if I know I'm going to have a cesarean, I don't want to go into labor. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I want the baby to be big enough so it's healthy and there's no complications. But right. I don't want to go into labor if I know it's going to result in a cesarean. Yeah, that you needed to have that. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, God heard me. And then with the twins, I go into labor at 35 weeks yeah. with a planned cesarean. I'm like, I loved oh. your, yeah, she had a, uh, a video on Facebook. Oh. It was very awesome. Awesome. I had a lot of likes. Oh, yeah. That we're we're <laughs> on our way to the months. hospital. Yeah. <laughs> My water broke. Usually, you know, you, you, you're in labor before your water breaks, right? So yeah. and I, I had no idea. I just started leaking. And then I was like, I'm either Is peeing myself. Pee? Well, and I was, I, mean, I, I was getting into the shower, too. So I was like, my gosh, what is going on here? How can yeah. I just be, you know, there's a lot of pressure with twins. But I'm like, come on. Mm-hmm. I'm not just going to pee mm-hmm. just for no reason. Yeah. I never, I haven't never been twins, pregnant with twins, but I have been pregnant with very big babies. So that is a question towards the end there of like, am I peeing myself or is that my water breaking? Yes, exactly. Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> if you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Pranky Pals. This is Paula from Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. And I have a quick question about drinking alcohol during pregnancy. Before I got pregnant, my husband and I really liked having a glass of wine with dinner or while we're sitting relaxing watching TV. And I don't have that glass of wine anymore, but really there's so much information out there with different opinions from different experts about benefits of having maybe an occasional glass of wine while I'm pregnant. So really, I just want to know what the real information is. Are there any health benefits to drinking wine or to having any other types of alcohol during pregnancy? Thanks. Hi, Paula. This is Dr. Captain Hawkins. I just wanted to thank you for your uh, question. It's a great question. Uh, It is quite controversial. I'll let you know what the current recommendation by the American Congress of uh, OBGYN stance is. They currently say no alcohol during pregnancy. The big question is, we don't know how much alcohol is needed to cause a condition called fetal alcohol syndrome. Uh, That condition is uh, very devastating, and we don't know what level of alcohol can cause it. So the current recommendations, again, 
uh, here in the U.S. by ACOG is no alcohol. Having said that, you are correct. There are several European studies uh, that have said there may be some benefits to an occasional glass of wine. There's a French study that says there may be a decreased rate in um, ADHD in sons born to women who have an occasional glass of wine. Having said that, because of the fact that nobody is really going to do a blind, randomized study and give women alcohol and then test the effects on their children, in the U.S., again, the current recommendation is no alcohol. I hope that helps. I hope you have a great pregnancy. And if you have any questions, give us a call. Thank you so much. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, today on Preggy Pals, we're discussing how to know if you are really in labor. Joining us today is our expert, Susan Melnico. Susan's been a certified nurse midwife for 30 years. She's practiced full scope midwifery in home, birth center, uh, and in hospitals. And very exciting news, she is opening up her own birth center, Tree of Life, for healthy birthing and parenting. Susan, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. All right, so Sunny and I were talking about, you know, what week of pregnancy do women normally go into labor? And, and you know, for me, it was... It's like 41 weeks. I, I've never gone before my due date. What, what, and you were mentioning, Sunny, in the intro that your twins were 35 weeks. What about your, your other two boys? Um, let's see. My first was 40 weeks and three days. Went into labor naturally. Mm-hmm. And then um, my middle guy was born at about 38 weeks via cesarean, never went into labor. Right. So, Susan, I mean, how what week of pre- uh, pregnancy do is, is you know, full term? Well, it's interesting because when I, at the very first visit, when I see someone prenatally and we're going over all the pregnancy and what to expect, I tell them when we choose a due date that it's a five-week window. Wow. And that surprises people. Yeah. But it's is that not new. No, it's not new at all. It's just that we live in a culture that is so exact Mm -hmm. and we're used to knowing absolutely everything and we've kind of lost some of the mystery. But to be honest, between 37 weeks of pregnancy up to 42 weeks is perfectly normal. Mm -hmm. That's considered term for pregnancy. Wow. So that, you know, there there aren't that many people that will go into labor at 37 weeks, but if they do, it's perfectly okay. Mm-hmm. And we've chosen that as term because that's when we know, research has shown us that baby's lungs are fully mature at 37 weeks. So that's the last thing to develop. Is it is lungs, the last so. thing, exactly. Mm-hmm. And we want to know that that little baby's going to be able to breathe on its own yeah. when it's born. Prior to 37 weeks, we call that preterm. And I imagine that'd be a concern for a lot of our listeners, you know, if you are in those early 30 weeks, yeah, the baby, the baby probably be okay. But I imagine that the breathing would, might be a real issue. Yeah, would need usually needs assistance with breathing up until about 34 to 35 weeks. Yeah. And sometimes even beyond that, but not not often. Mm-hmm. And then yes, the nursing is one of the last things to develop in terms of the neurological system. Mm-hmm. So we, we even know that at 37 weeks, sometimes babies aren't as good at nursers as they are at 38 or 39. Mm hmm. 
I imagine that women usually go into labor. Is it correct that they usually feel contractions, vice, you know, water breaking? Is is that the the normal well, way you thing know, happens? Or uh, we see so much about the dramatic water breaking in the movies that we have. Yeah, you know, where uh-huh. it's a they're always at a restaurant, exactly. Yeah, or the and then you store. drop a drop a jar of pickles. You <laughs> and know? you see the mad the mad rush to the hospital after yeah. the water is broken, and that's very rare. Yeah. Okay. Um, the water breaking usually it will be the first thing to happen in about twenty percent of pregnancy. And it'll be one of the last things to happen in about 80% of pregnancies. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just, you know, it can be very, very different for each woman and for each pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, And identifying when the water has broken can sometimes be difficult because it's not always the big gush of fluid to the floor that we see in the movies. Sometimes it can be just a little trickle, Mm -hmm. but it will be constant. It won't stop once it's started. And that that can help you, you know, to know, is this really my water bag or is it just a little bit of discharge? What's going on? Yeah. So usually if a woman calls, I'll tell her, put on a pad and let's see what happens. And if the trickle continues and she's getting wet, the pad continues to get wet, then she needs to be evaluated because it probably is her water bag. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I had a, uh, a client, uh, a doula client last summer, uh, and it was kind of her practitioner told her the same thing. And uh-huh. um I had advised her after the birth that it was a really good idea to get some uh, adult incontinence diapers. So she had the Depends on on hand. It was just very, I found it's very easy after I give birth to, you know, instead of dealing with the The pad and the the shifting and and the blood on the sheets. It's just go get yourself. There's your free tip of the day from Annie Laird. Go get yourself (laughs) some adult diapers. It is worth it. But anyway, so she had these adult diapers on hand. I said, why don't you put on one of your Depends? Exactly. Um, And so she did. And sure enough. Uh, it just kept coming and coming, and exactly. she needed to change her own diaper. <laughs> you know, and uh, and that's yeah. how and that's how she knew. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Very interesting. Yeah. Now, what do women usually describe a contraction? So, say say they're it's not you know their water or anything like that. It's a contraction. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. what do women say that that feels like? I have found that it really varies a lot. Isn't that what makes it so hard though? <laughs> it does. How do you know? Do, am I just having a backache or you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I do. F- find that oftentimes women will have like premenstrual type sensations Mm -hmm. for a week or two before they go into labor. And then when the labor contractions start, some women can feel it in the front down low, um, like a sharp, sharp discomfort. And other people feel it in their back and they don't realize that they're having contractions. They say, I've got this low back pain and I'll always ask, well, is it rhythmic? Is it coming and going? And they'll say, yeah. And then if I'm with them and I put my hand on their abdomen, I can feel that her abdomen is tightening and she's having a contraction while she's feeling lower back pain. Mm -hmm. So it can be really variable for different women. Yeah. Oh, what is a Braxton Hicks contraction? A Braxton Hicks contraction is where the uterus rhythmically contracts and it's felt later in the pregnancy. It actually starts at about 16 weeks in women. Mm-hmm. But, but I imagine of, most women can't feel that. Exactly. Though, yeah. Most pe- women can't feel it, but it's very normal. And it's rhythmic contractions that the uterus does, which tells us that the hormones are working perfectly. Um, there will be more Braxton Hicks um, after sexual activity with orgasm. Mm-hmm. And there will also be more with walking and physical activity. But they're perfectly normal. They can be uncomfortable, but it's a different type of sensation than usually labor contractions. Yeah. I mean, how would a woman know, though, if it's a rhythmic contraction, if it's a Braxton Hicks or if it's they're actually it in labor? In my experience, it doesn't have the same quality 
that a labor contraction will. And again, that's difficult if you've never had a baby, if it's your first baby. Mm -hmm. But usually, like I said, it's uncomfortable, but it's not really painful. Yeah. It it doesn't have that moment of this just (gasps) got real. Exactly. Because I tell people really go inside and pay attention because when labor does start, usually a woman knows. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is different than anything that I've experienced previously. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, what's considered a good pattern of contractions? Um, Again, it's variable, but oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes labor will start with contractions just spread out, maybe one an hour, one every 30 minutes, and then will gradually increase to one every 20, every 15, every 10. But when we know, we consider you're in active labor when you're having really good, strong contractions at least about every four minutes, Mm -hmm. and they're all lasting a minute where they're pretty uncomfortable for a minute, and they've been that way for an hour. Mm -hmm. That's kind of our rule of thumb. We sometimes call it 411. Okay. Yeah. Now, when you say, uh, how do you measure, uh, you know, the the four minutes? Uh Uh-huh. You can, you look at the clock and you time from the beginning of one contraction to the beginning of the next contraction. And oh, that, I see. So that includes the time that you're actually having the contraction. Correct. Then. Okay. Correct. Mm-hmm. And that's that we call that's what we call the frequency. Mm-hmm. How frequently they're coming. Okay. I know that uh, there are phone apps now. Yeah. <laughs> I've talked yes. to a lot of people that have those apps. I yeah. was using that. I was using that um, once. I realized that this definitely was my water breaking with the twins. Oh, did you have pattern of contractions then? I, I did. I well, yeah. I was trying to figure them out, but. <laughs> there was so much I was doing in the, you know. There's an app for that. And, yeah. and, well, and it's sometimes hard to tell when a contraction is starting and ending. You, you would think you would know, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's so vague. And is that, you know, just a little twinge of a pain or is that really a part of the contraction still? And that's where, um, if they're not real, real strong, you can put your hand on the top of your abdomen, the fundus of your uterus, and feel if it's getting firm and how long it stays firm. And that's where someone else around you, your doula, your partner, a family member, member, a friend may put their hand there if you're kind of, it's easier objectively to do it if it's somebody else, yeah. but they can place their hand on the top of your, your abdomen and feel it actually get hard. Oh. And that's mm-hmm. how we as providers time the contraction. Now, Susan, um, is that normally when a care provider will tell a woman that it's time to go to the hospital or birthing center when it's 411? Is that the, the typical? We always tell people, well, I shouldn't say always, not all providers do, yeah. but the practices that I've worked in, we tell women to call and talk to us ah. because we can usually tell by I'm talking to someone I'm having a baby today. Yay! <laughs> should I come in? <laughs> exactly. Midwife Susan, should I come in? I'm so excited to have a baby. <laughs> no, probably not. Now, 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 I have been fooled a couple of times, you know, so it's not it's not surefire. Yeah. But usually we can tell by the sound of your voice. And I, I oftentimes will keep someone on the phone for 15, 20 minutes and time them myself. And, I, you know, she'll tell me when she's starting one and when she's ending so that we can get a feel for it. Okay. Yeah. What I was always afraid of is, at least especially for my firstborn, of that I would go to the hospital and just everything would stop. Um, you now, know, that's that's an interesting thing because that's very, very common. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. And it's so depressing, <laughs> too. You know, I'm just like, uh, th- that's a never actually happened to me, but I'd heard enough women that it, it said that happened to them. And I was just like, oh, for the love of God, like, I'm going to go on pushing. Like, I, I was no hero for pain the first time around. You know, I was just like, you know, I'm going to go in and get my epidural, but... You know, I didn't want to be sent home, you know. No, it happens really, really frequently. Yeah. And it's, I, most people have heard of the um, 
fright or flight response mm-hmm. of hormones. And that's can go on in labor very easily. Um, and when you get up and you pack everything up and you get in the car, your hormones kind of respond to what's happening. And you arrive at your place, at the hospital or the birth center where you're going to give birth, everything's different. And so you secrete some stress hormones. And stress hormones compete with oxytocin. It's like your body can't do both at the same time. So we oftentimes will see the contractions spread out when someone first arrives where they're going to give birth. Yeah. But a good provider will know that's a common thing and won't make a quick evaluation on what's going on at that time, but give some time. You know, I usually say, let's let's give it an hour and kind of see what's happening. Because once a mom feels secure and comfortable where she is, her oxytocin kicks back in. Yeah. And then we see the contractions frequently again. Yeah. I, I had a girlfriend uh, who gave birth at Best Star Birth Center and it, that very thing. And that, that was one of the stories that scared me the most because uh-huh. she was just a really good birthing lady you know she uh-huh. just would do it happen not not I would say pre- precipitously but um it was very straightforward right. like she knew when she was having that baby and you better believe her uh you know so she went to a best of center and like everything stopped and her husband wanted to get in the car and go um you know up to like like Lake Elsinore or something up <laughs> up north which is like an hour and a half north of here and uh she told him no we're staying here and she actually gave birth in the parking lot of best our birth center <laughs> you know but she went from no contractions to like two hours later she just walked around Balboa park and you know yeah yeah so that was uh, you know insane so i think that's yeah. something a lot that of doesn't women- usually happen with the first baby although yeah it, it was her second baby yeah so what they say but about seconds, second babies yeah exactly they can be very surprising expeditious yeah. yes all right well when we come back we're gonna be discussing some other signs that you may think that you're in labor we'll be right back Welcome back. Today we're talking about how to know if you're really in labor. Now, Susan, let's talk about the mucus plug. So what does is, what is mucus plug look like? Um, it can look different for each woman. Sometimes it can look like nasal snot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it'll be kind of yellowish, whitish, sometimes even greenish. Sometimes it comes out as a big solid plug. Mm-hmm. And it's very d- distinguishable. You know, women know, oh yeah, that's what this is. But Oftentimes, it doesn't come out like that, and it will kind of start to come out as a discharge, a heavier discharge. Mm-hmm. Um, it, won't, it won't be as watery. It can be more kind of pasty with still some mucus threads to it. Yeah. Oftentimes, it's common to have a little blood mixed in with it as it comes, you know, it sloughs down from the in lining of the cervix. Is this a different than, is a mucus plug different than, like, bloody show, then? It's about the same. It oh. can be the same. Okay. Oh, gosh, that's so hard to decipher then. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And every woman's different. Some women will never, ever see bloody show, mm-hmm. and others will have quite a bit yeah. of bloody show mixed with mucus. Yeah. Wow. So And that's so hard, too, I think, because towards the end of pregnancy, you have just so much... That, that, so that was a, a real, you know, shocker to me as a first time pregnant mom. And then I wasn't really excited about the second and third time around is you know, you're going back to wearing panty liners at the end of the pregnancy. <laughs> exactly. Like, what is this? I thought I had, you know, uh, a good nine months off of periods. <laughs> right. But, yeah, you're, you're right back to that again. Obviously, if there's heavy bleeding. A woman needs to seek care immediately. So you're talking like bright red. It yeah. Can, yeah. If it's if it's flowing yeah. and it's bright red, that would not be normal. Mm-hmm. But the bloody show, it can be a dark brown, a pink, or it can be bright red, mm-hmm. but it will be self-limited. 
it will be like you wipe and you see it a couple of times. Yeah. And it's not like it's flowing, mm-hmm. like you're actively bleeding. That yeah. would be different. No, just because she lost the mucus plug, does that mean that she's in labor? No. Oh, unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) i've seen some women lose the mucus plug a couple of weeks before they have the baby wow yeah along that uh same vein so you could be a couple centimeters dilated then you know if it's your second baby i've had several moms be four or five centimeters dilated for a month wow oh my goodness yes Wow. (laughs) so that doesn't you know um it's really hard because you get so excited if your Mm -hmm. provider checks you and tells you you're three four centimeters dilated yeah it doesn't tell us when you're going to go into labor though Mm -hmm. yeah so it's definitely not a magic eight ball type of thing no like oh let's do a cervical check okay you're gonna be going in labor 23 hours from now yeah exactly you know before the break we talked about when a woman's water breaks and that um you know, is that a sure sign of labor? Do you know that you are in labor when your water breaks? We consider it that you're starting labor for sure, but you may, your water might break and you might not have contractions immediately. Okay. Um, and every care provider kind of has a, a different standard. Mm-hmm. Um, the midwives that I work with, we use a 24 hour standard. We kind of want to know that you're in active labor within 24 hours. Okay. Some hospitals and physicians use a shorter amount of time and some midwives use a longer amount of time. Okay. But one of the really important things to look for when you think your water bag is broken as what color is this water that's coming out. Mm -hmm. It should be clear, like tap water. It might have a little mucus flex in it. It might have a little white from the baby's vernix, but it definitely shouldn't have a deep yellow, green, black, or brown color to it. What what does the color indicate, Susan? If it were any of those colors, it could indicate meconium, which is the baby's first bowel movement. And... um, If you're past your due date, if you're 41 or 42 weeks, sometimes it's common for the baby to have passed meconium, and it might not necessarily be a a sign of distress, but sometimes meconium can be a sign of distress. Mm -hmm. So if we see that kind of color, it's very, very important to get in and have your provider check the baby, see what's going on, do a full assessment. And then we would want to watch the baby closely mm-hmm. if that were going on. What other kind of things, if a woman's water breaks, say, say that her water breaks and she knows that it's her water, as we talked about beforehand, it's either a huge gush or a constant trickle. What are some of the other things that she should be looking for? Well, it's important to understand what that membrane, you know, the, the baby has grown in the amniotic sac, which holds the water. And there's usually two to three liters of water with the baby. Mm -hmm. So once that sac has broken, there's a little hole that happens in the membrane, and that's why you start leaking water. The protective barrier for infection is gone. Mm -hmm. So um, because that baby has been protected that whole time. So once that's gone, that's what we get a little bit more concerned about. We want to know that um, the baby is still safe. Mm -hmm. So um, that's why we all have different uh, time periods that we think is okay to wait for the for the baby to to, uh, for you to be in active labor and for the baby to be born. Okay. The other thing that's real important, um, most providers will check for group beta strep bacteria mm-hmm. in women at around 36 weeks of pregnancy. Group beta strep bacteria is a very common bacteria. It's not an infectious process for a mother. It's normal for adult people to have that bacteria in their intestines. But for some people, it grows abundantly during pregnancy and it comes out and it's in the vaginal perineal area. 
it can cause a problem for the baby. So that's the other thing to consider. If your water bag has broken, you want to know what your group beta strep status is. If you're negative, then we're not as concerned. But if you're positive, then we want to know that, you know, you most providers will be providing antibiotics in labor. And once the water bag breaks, we would want to start the antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Right away then, basically. Exactly. Yeah. You're talking about group beta strep. I mean, is that common to go from negative to positive and positive to negative? You could be 42 weeks. Mm -hmm. If you get tested at 36 weeks, can that change from one status to another? From positive to negative? It can. Mm -hmm. And um, that's why the test is now deemed valuable Mm -hmm. for about four to five weeks. Okay. And if you go past that time, oftentimes providers will test again. Ah, okay. Especially if it was a negative. If it's positive the first time, most providers won't test again. They just say, you know, you were positive. Yeah. 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 Well, great. Thanks, Susan, for joining us today. For more information about Susan and her midwifery practice, as well as about her new birth center that's opening up in North County in San Diego, visit our episode page on our website. This conversation continues for members of Preggy Pals Club. After the show, Susan will be discussing what to do if your water breaks but you have no contractions. To join our club, visit our website, www.preggypals.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Before we wrap with today's show, here is Jeanette McCulloch with some of the best online pregnancy resources. Hello, Preggy Pals. I'm Jeanette McCulloch of Birthwell. We at Birthwell believe that you as a mother will make the right health decisions for your pregnancy and birth when you have access to evidence-based information and a strong support system. That's why I'm here to share with you new media tools to find the information that's right for you. You may have heard of Ayn Mae Gaskin. She's the legendary midwife who founded the Farm Midwifery Center in Tennessee in the 1970s. She'll tell you just how important it is to hear birth stories, all kinds of birth stories, while you are pregnant. If you are showing, you have probably already heard more than one unsolicited birth story. If it was well-meaning, but felt a little more like a war story than a love story, you are not alone. There's something about our birth culture that makes the sharing of positive stories taboo. But, as Ina May would say, while stories can't tell you what your own experience will be like, they can illustrate how wide the range of normal birth is. That's why birthstoriesondemand.com is such a great resource for preparing for birth. Click on the Read a Birth Story, and you'll find everything from natural birth stories to home births to quick births. While there's plenty of positive options to explore, including sections on midwife-assisted births, the site doesn't shy away from the kinds of stories that help us know the full range of experiences, including perinatal mood disorders. You can also listen to her podcast, watch for new birth stories on Twitter, and of course, share your own birth story if you'd like. You can find the site at birthstoriesondemand.com. Thanks for listening to today's tools for finding the information that's right for you. 
and be sure to listen to Preggy Pals for more great pregnancy tips in the future. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Preggy Pals. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Parent Savers, for parents with newborns, infant, and toddlers. Our new show, Twin Talks, for parents with twin babies. And our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care, and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.